0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. You're listening to Good Things. Good Things with Rebecca Turner.
2: Cause a Mississippi girl don't change her way. Cause everybody knows.
0: with Rebecca Turner, bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, here's Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon, Talk, Mississippi. You are tuned into your happiest hour of radio. That would be The Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We have Rhino in studio with us, but we're going to dive right into a good topic for you today and calling all of our military families who are listening to Good Things. Did you know that Mississippi has one of 13 Navy Gold Star Coordinators right here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast? There's only 13 worldwide. We have one of them. Her name is Emily, and she's joined you on Good Things today and she is the Gulf Coast Navy Gold Star coordinator. Welcome Emily. Hey welcome thank you. How are you doing good yeah. down there? Uh, things are good how are you? Doing well. So let's just dive right in. So tell us I feel like this is a um, a program that maybe many don't know about particularly our military families here in Mississippi. So explain to us what the Navy Gold Star um, program is.
3: Absolutely. So the Navy Gold Star Program, which was established just over five years ago in October of 2014, is set up to provide long-term support through resources to the family members who lost a loved one while on active duty service. Um, so essentially, if we have any active duty service members that passed away, um, the goal for the program is to extend resources, provide support, and connect them with other families, um, maybe in their area or across um, different platforms of organizations, um, so that they can have that camaraderie and stay connected with their military family.
1: Now, you see, now it's called the Navy Gold Star Coordinator, or the Gold Star Program, should I say, but it's an inclusive program, correct? It doesn't necessarily matter which branch of the military the families. Are from.
3: That is correct. So as the Navy's program, we do provide support no matter the branch and no matter the cause of death. Um, there are other programs within each branch that do provide similar services, um, but all of us, we are all quite all-inclusive to be able to provide that support um, should they need it. And of course, being here in Mississippi, um, there are coordinators for from the Army a coordinator from the Air Force and myself with the Navy but we're all here to provide that support um, no matter what is going on
1: so if, 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 if a military family found themselves in the worst case scenario which would be losing a loved one you know while on active duty is there a way that they find out about the Navy Gold Star program or is it something where they just need to hear it here on good things and then reach out or how can they sort of get connected with you
3: Absolutely. So the first part, um, if they have a a family member that passed away since the year 2000. Uh, The Navy has electronic records that allow us to identify those family members. Um, More recent um, deaths, something that may have been within the last few years, um, we work with what we call casualty affairs calls officers. And those are our service members that go out and provide those in-person notifications. Um, They work with our team to be able to make sure that those families get connected with the Navy Gold Star Program. Um, so right away within the branch um, for the Navy, we provide that, that connection and that service um, directly from a short-term aspect with the call um all the way over to being with the Navy Gold Star Program. But if they have a service member that passed away previous to year 2000, the Navy didn't keep electronic records then. So those were families that we would love for them to self-identify and say, hey, we had lost a loved one on active service. What can we do to be able to get connected with the program? And that's when they can reach out to a coordinator like myself to be able to get connected, um, to share resources, and make sure that they are receiving that support.
1: So uh, what I'm hearing you say, Emily, is even if a military family um, listening to Good Things Today has lost a loved one, it doesn't necessarily need to be recent. I mean, it could have been in the last two decades or more. They can still, I guess is the term, qualify or receive uh, support through this program, regardless of whether it's a you know a fresh sort of event versus, you know, it's it's been a while.
3: Absolutely, yes. So, you know, they just have to provide some documentation. um, And with that, they just call me and, you know, we can go through what kind of documentation is needed um, to make sure that that um, gets shared over to myself. Um, then I work with our team um, within Navy casualty um, to be able to validate that, and we can get them going with ever any kind of resources they might be interested in, or if they wanted just to be connected with other families themselves.
1: So when you talk about resources, Emily, with the gold, with the Navy Gold Star um, program or support uh, as a support coordinator, give me give us some examples of what maybe these resources are being left on the table that some of these families here in Mississippi haven't uh, heard about yet or connected with.
3: So one of the biggest ones is actually counseling, um, grief counseling. Which, if anybody has ever lost a loved one, um, we all go through periods of grief. Um, and sometimes, even if it's been a, a distant um, kind of time frame of losing a loved one, things can trigger um, that grief again. And so, uh, counseling resources are a huge tool and resource for us. Um, we also work with the various departments, such as the Department of Veteran Affairs. Um, and what we call DFAS to be able to make sure that family members who are eligible are receiving benefits um, monetarily if they are entitled, um, their medical benefits, education benefits. Um, so those things may be um, eligible for specific family members. Um, then we also talk about financial education, um Sometimes again, just connecting them for social gatherings with other families or remembrance events. Those are typically the resources that we often provide the most for. Gosh,
1: I can see now why this is something that needs to get the word out, particularly for families. Um, not you hate to use it as a best kept secret because you don't ever want to find yourself, uh, you know, have lost a loved one during active duty. But it's good to know that there are programs like this um, at least available. And the fact that there's only 13 coordinators worldwide. Emily, how did you get one of the- the 13 spots there on the Gulf Coast?
3: Well, I'm very, very blessed, um, to say the least. And I had worked within what's called Fleet and Family Support Center. They are on uh, Navy installations worldwide. And um, the position had opened here on the Gulf Coast. Um, and I was lucky enough to have some experience um, in, my, in my past to be able to be eligible for that. I am also a, a military spouse. Um, so I am very familiar with the military community as well. And so, it kind of opened up that that chance um, to to work in this very unique, um, sometimes difficult, especially emotionally, um, but uh, provide that opportunity to give back to a population that um, nobody wants to really be a part of. Um, but is definitely something that we, we see far too often.
1: And as the Navy Gold Star Coordinator, and the fact there's only 13 worldwide, you cover kind of a big territory there out of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So what all states is getting support out of you from uh, here in Mississippi?
3: So I provide support um, all inclusively statewide for Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. And then I also cover all of Europe. So any family members that reside abroad in um, any European country, um, they also fall under me.
1: I mean, that's just no small landscape there, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
3: Um, I think it's
1: great, though. But, too, that taps into maybe you're listening to Emily here on Good Things and you don't necessarily have a military family here, but maybe you know a family that's in one of the states that she mentioned. You can still help connect them to, to Emily. And, too, if you don't, find yourself in in the position of having lost a loved one in active duty if you know military families who have just you know today at least let them know that this navy gold star um program exists and we have a coordinator here you know on the mississippi gulf coast um to at least reach out and find out more how can people find out more emily about uh, the navy gold star program or you as a coordinator if they're just sort of curious if their family's a fit for it
3: Sure. So we do have a website. It's NavyGoldStar.com. dot com. Um, There is also a Facebook page. Um, So if anybody goes onto Facebook and searches Navy Gold Star Program, um, we do have a Facebook page that they can learn all about different activities that are going on um, in an area they may be traveling to or an area that they reside um, so that people can, you know, share that information with their family members if it doesn't apply to them or friends. Um, And then, of course, I work down at the CB base in Gulfport and um, can be contacted through there and either the website or the Facebook page can provide that information also.
1: And I guess who would be the best person in terms of eligible? It's like the widow, parents, kids. Is how far down the lineage in terms of when you talk about a family member uh, do do these resources go to?
3: They are extended to parents, siblings, spouse, and children. Um, And as for those, we provide um, assistance to step-parents and uh, parents, um, biological parents, step parents, adoptive parents, um, as far as children, step parent or step children, um, adopted children, um, and of course biological, and then siblings um, would be half siblings. And all those step siblings can be provided support their benefits are pretty limited
1: well i hate we um, have to we have, have definitely you
3: definitely support that
1: <laughs> uh, yeah definitely have support. i was like i hate we have to have a program like this but it's encouraging to know that they're out there and that's the navy gold star program give me a, give us that website one more time emily
3: absolutely it's um
1: navy gold dot com dot com thank you for your service as well as your husband's and your time here on good things thank you for having me i appreciate it and for right. letting us spread the word all stick with us. We've got more good things coming up next.
4: the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies with a slight chance of rain. High near 92. Tonight, a slight chance of rain as well. Partly cloudy. Low around 74. Your Wednesday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff. Mostly sunny. High near 93. And for your Thursday, a 70% chance of showers. Partly sunny. High near 93. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com.
0: Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland.
5: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: You're listening to Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Good Things with Rebecca Turner here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, let's have some fun. So don't
6: stop me now. Don't stop me because I'm having a good time.
1: Always having a good time here on Good Things. I'm Rebecca Turner. Now, you can join the Gallows Show on Thursday at the Mississippi Economic Council's Capitol Day. The day starts at the Jackson Downtown Convention Center Hotel with the event focusing on key issues that will affect our state. And you'll get to hear from the governor lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house and other key legislators and cap off the day with a luncheon reception. Lunch is always a good thing and to sponsor or register for MEC's Capital Day you can just go over to MEC.MS Rhino, will everybody have made the shift by Thursday in terms of governor, lieutenant governor and all that, pass the baton so to speak?
2: Not
7: quite. There's still a few that will be sworn in over the course of the next week.
1: Oh, all right. Well, there you go. All right. So do you have something in your attic that you swear could be worth any, like worth some money, right? We all have those weird paintings or relics or things that we feel like are old or been passed down. And you're thinking, gosh, If the Antique Roadshow came through my town here in Mississippi, I would take it, and I'm guaranteed it would be worth some money, right? You have sort of that mentality, and you may actually have something. But what about just those everyday things you kind of use that you don't realize may be worth a lot of money, specifically speaking, your corningware? Right? right, So so many of us have corningware right now, stop, think, you know whether your mother, your grandmother, or even you, you can probably even picture the cabinet that the corningware is sort of stacked in. Um, and you use it and it's been passed down because that stuff's good. It doesn't go bad or it doesn't break really easily. It, it's durable, should I say. And you would probably be shocked to know that certain patterns of that corningware have recently been selling on eBay. For upwards to ten thousand dollars for a set, not for like one piece. So now you
7: oh, say that, but if you happen to have one of the the big four quart casserole dishes with I think it's the blue corn flour, it sells by itself for ten grand on ebay sometimes. That's
1: crazy to me. Now I think one time here on Good Things we were talking about um the corningware patterns were becoming a new tattoo trend, which I think is Odd in and of itself, uh, where people were taking in their grandma's Corning wear and getting the patterns tattooed on it. I don't know what makes these specific patterns so, you know, appealing to people to put it on their bodies for long term, but you know, to each his own in that respect. But over on the Good Things Facebook group, if you're curious about the corn and ware in your own cabinet and you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, I've got stacks of that or my grandmother or my mom does, let me see what what she's talking about because it's not the one that's the blue and white, I think is the one they consider to have the cornflower range from the soft blue floral design, which is the most common pattern and still worth a lot of money, but less common patterns like Wildflower made from the 1970s to 1984, or the floral uh, bouquet, which was made from 71 to about 75, those are the ones that are fetching even the larger uh, numbers of cash. So, you can, if you're on Facebook and you're not a part of the Good Things Facebook group, now would be a great time, especially if you have Corningware in your cabinet. You can go see the actual designs that are going for the most money. And I love some of the comments. Going down because many of you, you're like, I have this in my cabinet and you had no idea that somebody else may actually want it because there's there's a piece of you, too, or a part of you. And I'm in this category that when you grew up and you got your first big girl house or big boy house or got married or whatever it may be, or maybe went off and got your first apartment. Some of this Corningware type dishes is the stuff your mother unloaded on you or your mother in law because it was unloaded on her or she just has so much of it that it's like, hey, you know, this stuff's good and help you stock your sort of cabinet shelves with. And lo and behold, she may have passed down, you know, a little golden, little golden nugget to you. And some of you have sentimental values to this particular cornware that you're talking about on the good things facebook group but i mean 10 grand worth because i would part with any piece of kitchen equipment i have (laughs) for ten thousand dollars how about yourself rhino Yeah,
7: I don't think I'm lucky enough to have any of those, but uh, yeah, if you want to buy anything out of my kitchen for 10 grand, go for
2: it.
1: And I'd probably take it for a lot less than $10,000 for sure. And uh, any of you who mentioned that you're old enough to have the said wildflower or floral bouquet patterns, but you're not young enough to understand ebay i I promise you there's somebody here in the good things world that for (laughs) a part of that ten thousand dollars we will be more than happy to upload that thing for you on ebay and figure out if we can't get it to get it to sell for you Uh, but be careful if you sort of do that in, in that sort of respect but it is kind of interesting to think of those things that we take for granted that somebody else may want big money for and i came across a couple of other items how, sort of household items that you may have or come across that you may not realize are worth some money. The first one being certain quarters. So I guess the way money works, correct me if I'm wrong, Rhino, is they're printed, right? By year or by whatever it may be. Yeah, in, printed in, or mass, stamped, yeah. In, in, in mass form. So imagine if there's like a typo or if it's misprinted in any way, it's probably still going to go out into the, you know, Buying and selling world or whatever the commerce world and it looks like a quarter it acts like a quarter it's probably going to still spin like a quarter but what makes it unique is the fact that maybe it has a little bit of a misspelling or misprint to it so this particular quarter that i came across it's not a, not an old one you think about you know collecting coins of old age or whatever it may be. But this is actually a batch from two thousand and five and it's the Kansas quarter. They're valued at around a hundred dollars. I mean, how would you like to make a hundred dollars off of twenty five cents? Doesn't sound like a bad day. But where the Kansas quarter's motto reads, In God We Trust, normally this batch accidentally <laughs> reads, In God We Rust. You know, one letter can just throw the entire meaning. Completely to the wind, so to speak. So now, if you're thumbing through your quarters, or if you know you have any, or today if you come across some and paying with any, just flip it over and see if you happen to luck up and have a Kansas State quarter. I guess the easiest way would be to look for, you know, the In God We Trust, and if that T's missing, then you have a $100 quarter in your
7: pocket yeah usually when it comes to coinage the most valuable ones you'll find that are still in circulation are ones that are missing something or uh the more common ones that are still valuable if you find them are what are called double dies where the machine hit it and then hit it again but it was slightly off center so the letters look a little funny like there's extra lines and stuff those can add like you can find a, a quarter or a nickel or something like that that's done that way And if it's in good condition, that that twenty five cent piece can be worth fifty bucks.
1: My thing though is like, who pays attention to their money that that closely? I mean, that's
7: why they're still in circulation,
1: right? Because I sure don't. I mean, as long as you know it gets taken or, or whatever it may be, I don't find myself necessarily staring at it. Particularly my change, and I'm kind of a quarter girl because quarters. I mean, what other Coinage can you get gum with or your kids ask for or whatever it may be. So I'm kind of a hoarder of, of quarters. I like my quarters. But I don't find myself, you know, getting to know them. But I will now. I mean, it, at least over the next couple of days until I forget about this whole In God We Rust <laughs> thing I'm sharing with you here on Good Things, uh, sort of flipping it over and seeing if you get uh, lucky with that. Um, but another thing that's speaking of maybe your mother or grandmother If you're from a certain era, you actually had perfume bottles, right? Now they mass produce perfume and it comes in its own bottle and you throw them away and then you start all over. But at one time you actually had, you bought like sort of, I guess, refills or you would pour it in, but you had the nice looking perfume bottles that were I guess collectors, or whether well, collectors' items now, but sort of keepsake items. So, if you are going through any rummage sale or cleaning out of anyone's home, you may want to snag and keep those because apparently they can vary from a couple of hundred dollars to a couple of thousand dollars. Because, like with everything else, they were sold as um, series. Not series. What I'm thinking of, like back in the day, you had just certain times for certain. Perfumes or whatever it may be, certain styles. Kind of like with the Corning wear. You had sets right, or whatever. I can't think of the right words, but they mean something. So, like, the different styles signify different types of decades in certain sense. and, anyway, all of that beyond my head because I don't wear perfume. But my grandmother did, and now I'm kicking myself. Not now, necessarily. I wouldn't have known any better. But when she passed on, I wonder... What that, what of that went into the garage sale that my parents had no, absolutely no clue any of that could have been worth any form of, or, or money, or in terms of being able to reap any kind of money. Other things, obviously, video games. That would be more right up your alley, Rhino.
7: Yeah, but not really any of the newer ones. You, no. If you are looking at collecting video games and actually seeing the value go up, you want to get the rarer games from older systems, uh, especially from the 80s and 90s. If you still have it in the package, it adds more value. And there are a few new games that are worth more, but
1: Mario think, Kart 64. Yeah,
7: the 64 games are about the most recent you'll find that are really valuable with Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. and those kind of games that you're going to spend upwards of 50 bucks on some of them.
1: There you go.
7: You'll spend more now than you would have buying it new.
1: There you go, wife. Well, Call that a good payday for at least the seller, but stick with us, we got more good things for you coming up next.
6: No.
4: Gallo here for AC Experts, where William Overstreet's my go-to guy. Has been for a long
0: time. Family owned, not a franchise. 28 years experience from maintenance to installation, new heating, geothermal systems, and repairs come with a full year warranty. You mention my name, he'll take $50 off servicing. William Overstreet's the AC Expert 769-237-Cool. Or email directly, theacexperts at yahoo.com. And on Facebook at AC Experts. Or tweet or text me personally, I'll be glad to send you the contact. The AC Experts, highly recommended.
5: Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk, Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till
7: noon.
1: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wraps to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men Trucks a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free no-obligation estimate.
0: Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees, ever. Banks offer coffee. So, what's more important? A Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee. You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs & Company, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Lending and deposits. Products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC.
4: That's 601-345-8090 Or online at Barone'sTreePros.com That's Barone'sTreePros.com
5: At Fillmore Buick GMC we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing. Doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your your next buick gmc or pre-owned vehicle at philmorebuickgmc.com Fillmore buick gmc you drive everything we do
2: i'm kelly bennett and you're listening to Super Talk mississippi news when the pandemic first struck it hit the elderly the hardest but
4: the delta variant is changing now um, we do have some evidence that we're seeing a slightly higher case fatality rate um, but it, it may well be that we're just having so many people get it um, maybe we have some underreporting reporting um, because, because Delta is just so contagious that we just have just an overwhelming number of young people getting it.
2: State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says they're seeing near 100% protection from illness and death in those who are vaccinated. The Mississippi House Democratic Caucus says the state's health care infrastructure is near the breaking point and the state needs to respond quickly. The group sent a letter to Governor Tate Reeves asking him to call a special session and instruct lawmakers to utilize some of the 1.8 billion in federal funding to enhance pay for nurses and other health care workers and to address deficiencies in the health care infrastructure i'm kelly bennett
6: hello i'm will noble from more mississippi i'm proud to be a catfish farmer and being selected as mississippi's catfish farmer of the year means a lot to me i pride myself in raising healthy fish for you to enjoy and they were raised right here in america So please, make sure you and your family are receiving the best U.S. farm-raised catfish. This message is brought to you by the Catfish Institute. For more information, visit uscatfish.com.
0: Good Things with Rebecca Turner, bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Here on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm.
1: Well, now I know what many of you will be doing, if not today, over the next couple of days, pulling out all that change. and get to rolling, baby, to see what you've got in there. If you're just tuning in to Good Things, we were just talking about things that may be around your house, such as your corningware that's now making waves because certain patterns are selling for upwards to $10,000 on eBay. Um, and you you aren't guaranteed to get that if you have right. the patterns that uh, you can find over on the Good Things Facebook group, um, which is the wildflower or the floral bouquet or even the the soft blue ones, I think, are some of the more... Um, Prominent ones that are going for big money, but you would have to put it up on eBay in terms of the auction site and hope somebody, you know, sort of found it. But now that it's kind of in hot in the news, this might be the best time for you to think about getting rid of that corn and ware. For the right price, I guess. If you wanted to, for me, I'm not that attached to anything in my kitchen. So for, (laughs) you know, for for one comma, it's out the door, right? Like, sorry, Granny, (laughs) it can't. I can't be that, you know, sort of attached to cookingware that I probably didn't want in the first place that wound up in my attic or in my cabinets. But the other thing was the was the coins that many of you on the C Spire text line are sort of talking about. If you miss the one that the quarter that could go for upwards to a hundred, then it is the Kansas quarter that it was misprinted in 2005, and instead of saying "In God We Trust," it says "In God We Rust," which yeah, big slip. Um, but if you can find one of those, then collectors really like those. And you gave her, you gave Michelle in Oxford, who will be putting her um, kiddos to work rolling some coins coming up soon to look for some of the. Abnormalities. what to look for. Yeah, the easiest
7: thing that you will find a coin that is worth more than face value is if you find a silver coin, like a quarter or a dime, from 1964 or earlier. Because in 1965, Congress passed the Coinage Act or whatever they called it and took silver out of coins. It was a waste of material, in their opinion. But before 1965, so 1964 back, the silver coins had some level of real silver in them. So they're worth that weight in silver. It's illegal to melt down a coin for the silver, but the monetary value is still there. And the older you get, the more silver is going to be in it. So if you find yourself a a silver dollar from the late 1800s, early 1900s, it may be up to 90% silver. So it's got a lot more value just based on the raw
0: materials.
1: So, okay, so from a collector's standpoint, though, you can sell that for more than the coin is worth. It's more just than the elite, face value. More Correct. than the face value. It's just you can't melt down or destroy money, supposedly. That's,
7: that's against the law.
1: Against the law. Um, it's so, not
7: against the law to destroy money because that happens all the time and. You're not going to jail if you leave 20s in your pocket and wash it.
1: Well, unintentionally destroy Right. But, but if, you are, if you were
7: intentionally destroying, especially coinage for the raw materials, yes, that is highly illegal.
1: And we are not recommending that here on Good Things at all. But, hey, if you can put it on eBay and make a buck off of a nickel, then I think you're doing pretty good uh, for yourself if, if you're not emotionally attached to it. It sounds like Matt in Newsite is um, into rolling change, which I think many of us are. I mean, you've never really lived until you've gotten down to your last dollar, and how to roll money for gas money, or your know, sandwich, you know, loaf bread, or whatever it may be. Particul- I do that once a year. I particularly in At your least. in your early twenties, or, or when you're newlyweds, or whatever it, you know, sort of it may be, and you're just trying to figure out how to you know, pay for things and all that. <laughs> you haven't really lived until you've had to roll quarters for for your daily necessities. However, he was rolling change the other night, Matt did, and came across some 30s and 40s wheat pennies. He also mentioned he found a few... 1930 to 1933, I guess pennies, and one 1945. Online, they say they can be worth anywhere from $16 to $150,000, depending on which mint it came from. He said they are in a safe place now. If you got a penny that's going to return $150,000, you sit on the right pew at church. Just make Uh, sure.
7: It's not going to get you. $100,000, Hundred thousand dollars, ninety-eight, a thousand dollars. But there is a particular penny that collectors do like to have, and it's it's kind of an entry level collectible coin. It's the nineteen forty-three penny. When during World War II, the military needed the copper for bullets, so they made pennies out of steel, and there are steel pennies minted in nineteen forty-three, and. They range in price, depending on value, from a couple bucks up to, I think it's 15, 20 bucks is the most you'll see one run for. But still. But it's a penny.
1: It's a penny. Turn around and get 15 bucks for it. I don't know. Something like that, though, I think for the conversation piece, I might would frame it and keep it as sort of just um, an interesting co- you know topic of conversation. But if I had a penny that would go for $150,000, buy Felicia. <laughs> I'll see you catch you on the next side hope I don't catch you in the you know whatever it may be William in Belmont on the C. Spire text line said large dollar coins and half dollars most people today have never seen one of those before and he's and he's right every now and then you may luck up and somehow wind up with one but usually you have to be given those down now, right? Like, somebody had to have them. Yeah,
7: it's very rare to see a dollar coin in circulation that is not one of the more recent ones, like the Sacagawea or the Susan B. Anthony. But you've had, I think it was Ben Franklin was a half dollar, uh, JFK, Eisenhower, they've all been on coins that were higher monetary value you just don't see them used all that often.
1: William has three he sent in a picture in the text line that's pretty cool and Lisa and Clara said I found three silver certificates my dad got in 1942 for his 12th birthday. That's kind of cool. If you're just tuning in to Good Things, we, we kind of got off on talking about collectibles or things that may be in your home that were, are worth more than when you bought them or you ever thought they would be. Specifically, the trending thing at the moment on the Facebook group is the Corningware. Uh, but, Rhino, you brought up a good uh, point, too, about comic books because – I'm not a collector. I certainly wasn't a comic book reader, but that's got some big... That's like baseball cards, like original baseball cards, right? Oh, yeah.
7: If you get back to some of the early comic books, then, yeah, you've got a whole lot of value, especially if it's in good condition. And there's all kinds of places that rate them, and, and you send it off to them, they will rate it, put it in a nice little plastic thing, and tell you exactly what condition it's in so you can then check the value of it. But comics and collectability... Don't always go hand in hand. If you take a journey back in the time machine to to the early 90s when collectability really became a big boom and you had pogs and trading cards and Beanie Babies and all this kind of stuff Mm. in the 90s, everything was collectible. Well, comics wanted in on the game, and the rule of thumb with comics and collectability is the number one issue is more valuable. It's the first issue. It's kind of like a rookie card in baseball cards it's it's just more valuable because it's it's a speculation thing. Well the comic book companies decided to take an extra step and, and just be speculators themselves and put out a ton of number ones started all these new stories made up all these new story lines and all this crap and flooded the market devaluing everything and the comic book industry is just now getting back to where it was in fact the reason you've been catching up on the Marvel movies the Thank reason you Disney plus. The reason Spider-Man didn't show up till halfway through those is because of comic book collectability. Marvel almost sunk themselves with bad storylines and getting into the collectible craze. They had to sell Spider-Man the rights to make the Spider-Man movie just to stay afloat.
1: That's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, then then you have to you get into sort of that greed, and I think that's what too happened with the Beanie Babies as well as with uh, Barbie, especially the Barbie ornaments. I feel like they started making too many of you know of every year. I mean, you would you would dang near have to have a U-Haul or have a whole storage unit to have the whole collection to then give to your. It used to be one Barbie every Christmas that you would get or the ornament and then it became all these special occasion ones that you had to have and all this kind of crap anyway and it made it where it's completely you know the value of it sort of tank I got a question though with the baseball cards um do they still make those for baseball players now oh, yeah. or is that still something that's you, is there still a limited number of them nowadays
7: baseball card manufacturers do different things to add value and add collectability. One of the things that got started during the collectability craze and has continued is specialty cards. Like back then it was really big with the holographic cards or you have something that covers it and makes it look shiny or something. And then they introduced these cards where you actually have a part of the game itself. So in some of the more rarer instances you have trading cards with a piece of like Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig's uniform in the card. Oh wow! So you have a piece of baseball history memorabilia attached to a trading card. Now there were only two or three of those, if even that, made and put into circulation of millions of cards. So you're looking for a needle in a haystack, but that that's adds the to the point. value.
1: That adds to sort of to the point, sort of the hunt for it and on and, and all of that. Um, I think that's pretty cool. But for me, as is someone who's like simplicity and, and not a lot of clutter, the idea of collecting things. Makes me want to itch, <laughs> right?
2: Like makes me very hive-ish.
1: But there, there are many of you who thoroughly enjoy it, and I, I and it, you, you are out there, sort of looking like a needle in a haystack. And I think it would be cool to, you know, come across something like that that you didn't know was in your own home, and then wind up finding it's valuable. And then you really do have that conversation with yourself: Is it worth letting go versus keeping in the family and just having that story? Because at what point is you know? A quarter for a hundred dollars the hundred dollars is gonna be spent quickly and then you lost the story but that's up to you opportunity cost, whatever sort of value still say my corner I can go for ten thousand dollars Bye, Felicia you can have it but don't leave us we got more good things up next
5: Good things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better faster.
6: This is the closing agri market report. At the close, in our cotton exchange, December cotton was up fifty nine to ninety four ninety. March cotton was up forty seven to ninety three seventy three. Close the Chicago Board of Trade November. Soybeans were down six and three quarters to 1361 and a half per bushel. January soybeans were down six and three quarters to 1365 and a half per bushel. December corn was down five and a quarter to 563 and a half per bushel. March corn was down five and a quarter to 571 per bushel. At the mercantile, October live cattle was down a dollar to one twenty eight. 128.12. December live cattle is down 65 to 133.82. October feeders down 67 to 164.27. November feeders down 62 to 165.97. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is down 285 points, 35,194. I'm Dixon Williams and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agrinews Network.
2: Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet.
0: or Midday Meeting Place, The J.T. Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now back to Mississippi's leading lady. It's Rebecca Turner.
6: That a girl.
0: Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Back to good things. I'm Rebecca Turner. We've been talking about things that I guess get more, gain more value. Is the word I should, the word I was looking for. They appreciate. Uh, they up appreciate over time. But there's some things that just shouldn't get better or never change with age. And I saw this story and it made my heart sort of go, ugh. And it was a Utah man who bought a McDonald's hamburger for presentations on enzymes back in. 20 years ago and it appears it has unchanged. So David is his name. He originally bought the hamburger July 7th, 1999 at the McDonald's in Logan, Utah to use in presentations and he said that the burger ended up forgotten in a coat pocket for several years and it ended up with its viral fame when he rediscovered, rediscovered it in 2013 which then made him say well why not just keep it and see how long this sort of can go with it being unchanged. And so I guess he put it up, forgot about it. And then over, he was cleaning out. Anyway, he found it. So 20 years later. So it is a 20-year-old hamburger. I tweeted it out not too long ago just because it made me go, ah! that looks the same. Now, I don't know if it tastes the same. I don't know what happened to the condiments. I don't know any of that. But you know food, going back to that corn and ware, if you leave that food in that corn and where, in your refrigerator long enough it starts to become a science project as your mom may have told you or you may have used words so to speak You starts to deteriorate but this particular burger has been with this man for two decades and hooray preservatives hooray preservatives and it makes you, not that I think it's unsafe I mean it just makes you go huh it's like the not-
7: video a couple summers ago where they had the ice cream sandwich that they bought, I forget where they bought it but they set it out in the sun, and it didn't melt.
1: An ice cream sandwich? And
7: it, It's like, what is this chemical nonsense that the ice cream's not melting?
1: I mean, look, I'm not trying to get into all of that, but it does make you ponder what certain things in our food, which, you know, our food system wouldn't be the way it is without preservatives. I'm not oh, one yeah. of those that's freaky about all of that, everything in modern, whatever. But it does make you sometimes sit and go, well... Maybe I shouldn't ponder it. Is it really
4: ice cream if it's not melting?
1: If it's not melting, right? So on that sort of odd uh, headline food category, you may have came across this one too in the last couple of days or seen it on your local news, but North Carolina couple who found a snake cooking with their pizza. So the story goes, this is one that I still have trouble figuring out how it happened. So it's not in the pizza. And I'm not calling out DiGiorno, DiGiorno, but it looks like a DiGiorno pizza. You know how they had that just sort of iconic sort of look or whatever. But it's not – it wasn't in the pizza. So apparently they put the pizza in the oven and turned it on. And when they went to take the pizza out, there was also a coraled up, dead, cooked snake at the bottom of the oven, right? Like because you put the pizza on the top shelf or whatever you call it and the snake's on the bottom. And it was smoking. And as you can imagine, I mean, it sat there and sort of baked for, what, 17, 19 minutes Which always interests me that the minutes to cook a pizza is so random. It's like, why not 15? Why not 20? But that's for another 17 to 19, 400 or whatever. It's
7: like microwaving Pop-Tarts.
1: Right. In
7: spurts of three seconds. (laughs) What?
1: That just makes my mind hurt. But... So apparently, you know, they got the news involved and it sort of went viral, but they don't know how the snake ended up. They called a pest control. It wasn't Right, the, I
7: mean, you you figure, you don't just pop a pizza in the oven and crank it on. You got to preheat that joker, right? So Right.
1: right.
7: Where did it come from? It, did, it, did it crawl out during the preheat? Was it already dead when they put the pizza in? That's why it didn't bite them.
1: They said that their kitchen filled with smoke while they were baking a pizza this week, and they looked into the oven to discover a snake had found its way into the bottom of the oven. Yeah, I don't know much about animals, but if I'm slithering around in your kitchen behind the walls, I feel like a snake would have some form of heat sense, heat sense- whatever, whatever.
7: Well, they are
0: cold-blooded.
1: But you're not going to just most animals. They may touch something hot, but most just don't go slither right up into it and say, "Let me hang out here, feeling kind of cold today." If it's already at 400 and going, right? My, the point is, it was to me. It had to already be in there and probably already dead, right? To some capacity, like one would hope, you wouldn't. I mean, there's for another mental picture. Imagine going home this afternoon and opening up your oven, and there's just a snake there. I've heard the toilet scenario, but never in the oven. Anyway, you know, you never know the headlines you're going to find on the interwebs. All I know is that oven would be replaced. I wouldn't just clean the oven. We would have to get a new oven with no trap doors. We'd have to talk about it. Or maybe the woman just is so bad at cooking pizzas that was just her excuse (laughs) to get to go out to eat. I don't know.
7: (laughs) Are we sure it wasn't a rubber snake?
1: There, don't know. It's a good point. What if this was just an entirely prank by, you know, Little John or whatever in their home that went so bad and they took it literal and then he found himself unable to tell the truth? (laughs) Because now Mommy and Daddy are going to be really mad the
2: news is here and it's just a rubber snake.
1: I feel like there's more to that story but anyway thank you all for chiming in today you guys make good things great the conversation never ends on the Facebook group find us there Uh, but Rhino and I will be back tomorrow Sports Talk Mississippi coming up next but until then take time for the good things